Hey y'all, welcome to Sunny D, the ponderings of a black, pansexual, polyamorous polymath. That would be me, D-Ray. I talk about relationships, relationshipping, intersectionality, tea, and a whole lot of other shit. Let's get on with the show in our different segments. So today on What's the Tea, I'm drinking mold wine by the Dollar Tea Club. Um, this is a black tea with some cinnamon, cloves, sapphire petals, and some other shit that I can't remember. It's pretty good, y'all. Um, it has like berry notes. Although there aren't berries in it, I, you know, there are some teas that have fresh fruit in it or dried fruit, I should say, not fresh fruit, because then how would it be preserved? Um, but this one doesn't have any dried fruit in it, but it still has like little notes of berries, blackberries, maybe currants um, in it. You can definitely taste the cinnamon and there's like a spice that hits the back of your throat, very slight. Um... And it's probably from the cinnamon and also from the sapphire petals. Then the cloves also hit and make it a lot more savory. So it does kind of taste like, you know, wine, how wine has that full body, astringent type taste. Um, dries out your mouth a little bit, but uh, also has like some of the, the, uh, the same as um, chai spices that they put in mulled wine. So it's 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 really good. I like it. Um, I treat it as a chai and I add milk and honey, although today I am not drinking it with milk and honey because um, I'm in Louisiana in this rapid change in weather where I drove down from, you know, the DMV and it was chilly, little nipply, drove down. It got really hot. And then while I was here, it snowed. Yes, it snowed in Louisiana. And this weather change is really fucking with my sinuses. My throat is fucked up. Um, Yeah, and milk is not good, in case y'all didn't know, for, you know, helping not be congested. <laughs> Although honey might be nice, like a little hot toddy. Maybe after this, I will make myself a little hot toddy. But um, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I like it and I probably would have gotten or drank a different kind of tea today because of my little, my little, I don't know if you can tell, my, my voice is a little bit more raspy, a little bit more raspy than usual. Um, but, you know, I don't know if I, I would, probably would have drank in, um, another tea, Lord, 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 Lord. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just listening to myself talk and I'm like, Lord, every time you come to Louisiana, girl. Anyways, um, I probably would drink another tea, but I have like a travel tea box that I take with me and y'all, it don't have like all the stuff in it because it's a travel tea box. It's just, you know, basically my faves and shit that I want to give to whoever I'm traveling to see. Um, so this is what I got. Um, my sister depends on me. That's who I'm staying with, um, uh, for tea. So she was like, where my tea at? I can't. I don't have any from, like, I only have a little bit left from the last time you sent me some. Like, there's not a stove by her house. Anyways, mulled wine, tea, pretty great. Yeah, try it out, y'all. 
So I'm bringing back raves, rants, and raves because I like the delineation. So that's what we doing. Um, oh, also, I would like to say, if y'all hear shit, enjoy the ambiance. <laughs> because I am not in my little recording nook. As I stated, I am down with my family in Louisiana. And I had planned on actually recording this before I came down. But I had a lot of stuff to do. Um, yeah. And that's how life works. Um, anyway, so because I'm down here, my rant and rave is about families. So I haven't really been in the, um, you know, on the socials or on any much of anything really to see what's going on in the world because I was driving down to Louisiana, of course. It's like a, you know, 16, 17 hour drive. Um, I stopped halfway and stayed at a hotel. And then, um, and then I was spending time with my family and also my family live in the country in northern Louisiana in a city or a town that's technically a village according to its population. Um, yeah, so, you know, I don't have anything about, you know, what's going on in the world, pop culture, whatever, what have you. But I, what I would like to talk about is families and families can be great. But also families can be shitty too and the thing about it is i don't know maybe this is just because this is popping up um for me right now but also because before i even left to come down here this was popping up on my twitter and folks was talking about how you know um families specifically black families because i was on black twitter and they were talking about how you know families uh black families are very a lot of them are very, um, you know, churchy into the church and they want to condemn you for certain things that you're doing in your life, especially the younger generation. But then they weren't upholding the things that, you know, they hold so dear to their heart. They weren't upholding that shit. Like, the fuck? How are you upset at me for being gay, but you wasn't upset at Uncle Barry for molesting everybody? Don't go around him. Tell him, warning the kids not to go around him, but still he there. And you know what? Maybe this also comes up for me because in certain spaces that I am in, that I lurk in, because I think I've mentioned before that I'm not seriously in any of the communities anymore, or at least I'm not as public facing as I once was. But this comes up for me also in the kink and the poly communities um, because people just like to warn folks about things and they don't do anything for them it's just like they're allowed to still be in the community or they're allowed to hold leadership positions um in the community even though they've done these things and they have not gotten their reckoning for them and i'm not saying that we have to kill these people or we have to shut them out necessarily but something should be happening it should be acknowledged and y'all shouldn't be you know talking shit about the youngsters who's still coming into themselves, who's learning shit about themselves, who's learning to be better whenever y'all are just fucked up. Um, y'all haven't gotten, haven't held anybody accountable for their shit. And I've had a lot of conversations while I've been down here with friends because I've seen some of my, you know, middle school friends, my middle school and early high school best friends. And um, also my God um, sisters, my God siblings and my cousins. And we've had a lot of talks 
about this. And then, like I said, I've been talking about it before I came down here in the communities that I'm in. And it's just wild, y'all. I just really want us to do better. Um, also, by chance, on the way down here, I listened to a podcast about restorative slash transformative justice. And, um, you know, there were parts of it that kind of hit me hard as a survivor of, you know, different types of abuse. Also, because my father, who was, you know, um, my abuser in childhood, is like back in the lives of my family right now. Um, I actually talked to him and that was it was not bad, y'all. It was actually a pretty good conversation. Um, and I talked to my therapist about it, too. And, you know, she was like, sometimes the best thing we can do or we can ask for is uh, peace. Anyways, uh, that's a whole nother topic. But I don't know. I feel like we need to start doing better, y'all. And this whole transform transformative slash restorative justice thing, I was like going into it when I heard that's what the you know that podcast episode was about. I was like, eh, I don't know about this because all the shit that I've seen about it and heard about it, I don't know. It just hadn't. It just didn't seem to work. It just seemed to diminish the victims and all of that but the person who was on this one they acknowledged that and they said actually you know people try to apply it to you know communities now but the thing about transformative justice is that it should have happened 20 years ago like you need to, it, it's it's building a community a culture of this thing so like if you're bringing it into something that already has a status quo that already you know doesn't that looks overlooks people the perpetuators of certain things it's going to be a culture shock it's not going to be implemented correctly it's going to feel not good um until it becomes the culture and maybe that's what i've been seeing is that people are half-heartedly implementing things because they don't want to go full all the way because of the culture that we have. But let me tell you something. Me and my peoples are here to shake shit up. I have some shit in the works. And I know people who have shit in the works. And we are really here for community. We are really here to transform the fucking communities. And so I can't wait for this have to come into fruition in the next few years and um i feel like this has been a long ass rant and kind of disjointed but that's okay uh because i didn't come into this with anything written for this rant usually i have like this is my topic and these are the points i want to hit this time i was just like i'm just gonna talk about this shit that's on my mind so there we go i do talk about you know straight off the dome a lot but i try to be at least a little bit prepared was not at all this time so there you go. You got you a bona fide D-Ray rant. Yeah. So we got to do better. And I am looking forward to the folks that I know in the community who are curating community spaces as we speak in my area who are going to do better. So let's take, shake some shit up, y'all. Shake it up. cutting in here because i want to tell y'all that there has been planes and trucks and all the type of shit going through this uh episode so please excuse all this background noise all this background rumbling all this i don't know shh and noise and all of that i'm sorry 
All right, let's get into this episode, y'all. The name of this episode today is Down with the Metanormativity. For those of you who do not know, a metanormativity is um, a relatively new phrase. So Elizabeth Brake coined the term to capture how society has these assumptions about romance. Basically, that everyone prospers with an exclusive romantic relationship. And that romantic relationship should be the most important relationship in your life. Should come above all relationships and you should sacrifice everything for that relationship. It encourages structuring law and society on the assumption that amorous romantic relationships are the norm, should be the norm, and are the epitome of relationships. Um, I can't remember the year in which she coined this term, but I think it has come up, you know, in conversations recently in the last few years, maybe in the last uh, five-ish years. I think that I've heard it in the last five-ish years. I say five-ish because, you know, pandemic has really warped my sense of time. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. um, A metanormativity is... I was about to say, a metanormativity is the devil because... (laughs) But seriously, a metanormativity is bad because... Yeah, because it elevates romantic relationships as the highest relationship. um, There, It puts down other relationships it it makes it so that it is hard for shit to happen um if you're not romantically with somebody um i've heard the term singleism the very 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 recently um like within the last year or so where it's basically like the way that we treat single people as less than and i'm at normativity definitely encourages that um but before I get really down deep into a metanormativity, I want to talk about me being aromantic because it ties in, as you can, you know, probably guess, um, it ties in a lot. So, aromantic. Aromantic is a spectrum. It is when someone has no interest or desire for romantic relationships or does understand the concept of romance in romantic relationships. Um, I think that I would probably qualify in the under, don't understand the concept of romantic relationships. I will put a link in the show notes uh, about a handy little video that I found um, some years ago whenever I was researching aromanticism because I was like, huh, this kind of sounds like me. All right, so I identify with aeroflux, which means I fluctuate between different aromantic identities, specifically demiromantic, which means I do not feel romance unless I feel like I have a very deep emotional connection with somebody and I know who they are. Um, That love at first sight shit, I don't understand it makes no sense to me at all um and uh because i think part of being demi-romantic also makes me platonoromantic and platonoromantic is whenever you cannot distinguish romantic feelings from platonic feelings the emotional connection that i feel for my partners my romantic partners 
is exactly the same as the romantic connection that I feel for my platonic partners. Um, I was talking to somebody about this just yesterday, like, you know, my cousins and family friends and whatever. Uh, my niece had a her third birthday party, you know, and family and shit was gathered to, to, to celebrate. And the grown folks was sitting outside on my sister's little patio, smoking weed and talking. And so I was asking folks how they felt about, you know, romance and all of this. And they were trying to describe romantic feelings to me. I like doing this. I like asking people, what is romantic feelings to you? And have them describe it to me and then say, do you under, them ask me, do you understand? And me being like, no, because this is how I feel about it. I like that. And I did a lot of that this week. And I will continue to do that this week. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so a friend was like, you know, it's, yeah, you have this connection or whatever, and there's something a little extra. And I was like, well, what is that little extra? What does that little extra thing feel like? I, because I just don't, you know, feel like that. And he was like, well, have you ever been with somebody and whenever y'all were apart or you broke up or whatever? Yeah. When y'all were apart, you broke up you felt like you couldn't go on. And I said, I'm going to say yes and no, because the only time I really felt like that was my very first relationship when I was in high school. But like, I don't count that because I don't know, like your first relationships in high school, I feel like it's the first time you're feeling, you know, anything and you have all these hormones and shit. So everything feels like it's life or death. And so breaking up with the first person, I was like, oh my God, I'll never be with anybody ever again. It was so dramatic. And so I don't really count that. But as an adult, no, I haven't had that feeling. Um, I do have that feeling now for folks that I feel like, damn, I will be devastated if I no longer have this person in my life. Um, but those folks aren't just folks that I have sexual relationships with. These are folks that are platonic. And for folks that I do have sexual relationships with, that sexual relationship or any other part of the relationship were to, um, you know, transition into something else. As long as they're in my life, I wouldn't feel that devastation. But if they were completely out of my life, yes. So I was like, I do you see what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't have that. And the only thing that I can see that's different between the whenever folks say romantic is that you have sex with the folks. And to be honest, growing up, this is why I didn't know that I was a romantic. I assumed that romantic relationships basically meant, oh, it's a deep emotional connection. And so you have sex because that was the only difference I can see. And what people were displaying and what people were saying for me with my friends and my and folks that I dated, my romantic partners. Um, I'm just like the only, the only difference I can see is that with romantic people, you fuck them and with friends, you don't, but the emotions are the same. And I thought that way up until, you know, the middle of college. Um, and at that point is whenever, if you listen to my first episode, I was like, started just fucking people for fun. And I didn't have any emotional connection with these folks. So, um, yeah, I discovered, like, I, 
most people in the world I can look at and be like, I will fuck them. I can fuck them. And I will. And I can do that. I don't need to know your name or nothing like that. Just look at you and be like, let's have a little conversation about, you know, sexual health and what we do and don't like and boundaries. And once we have that conversation, let's get to business, y'all. Um, but the more that I, <laughs> the more that I get to know folks, the less I want to have sex with them. It's a, it's a insane phenomenon. Um, not everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people. It's like, oh, if you had stopped talking, we could still be fucking. But since not, not the more I get to know you, the less I like you. Um, and so therefore, I just don't want to be around you. Um, but yeah, no, I, I at that point, I realized, huh, there must be something different about romantic relationships other than having sex. Because now I see that sex is separate from the emotional connection does it just mean that if you have an emotional connection with somebody they're your friend if you have a sexual connection with somebody you just have a sexual connection with them and when you have both it's romantic so i you know started being like okay maybe that's what it is um and folks are like no 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 it's some it's some special quality that you feel and it feels like different and i'm like i i don't understand because um i guess i started trying to parse out the nuance whenever i started having friends that i was sexually attracted to that i would have sex with if they were attracted to me but since they weren't i was like all right well then we're not having sex but i still built this really you know deep emotional connection with them and i was still sexually attracted to them did that mean now that there were or weren't romantic feelings what does that mean? Had no clue. So yeah, I have trouble um, figuring out what's the difference between romantic feelings and just having an emotional connection with somebody. Um, maybe they're the same thing. And if that's the same thing, then I just some romantic with all my friends, y'all, because I can't call you a friend if I don't have an emotional connection with you, period. Folks be using the term friend and I'm like, are they your friend or are they just an acquaintance? We need to bring acquaintance back you know, colleague, those words, because y'all be calling people friends and y'all really just mean, I don't know. Y'all just know them. Um, I like using friends. I like using casual friends, um, best friends. I use platonic partners and I guess a lot of folks use that just to mean best friend, but my platonic partners are folks that like, I feel like I have best friends. Yeah. Um, but my platonic partners are folks that I'm like, this is like partnership level. The only thing that's different from them and the people that I have romantic relationships is fucking. I don't fuck them. That's it. Literally it. Um, and going back to that, whenever I say romantic relationships now, I really just mean that the other person considers our relationship romantic because I still haven't figured out what romance is like when I used to say it before it was like because I fucked this person therefore we're romantic I fucked this person we have an emotional connection therefore we're romantic but I'm finding more and more that like people separate those things so I don't know what to do about that anyways um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I also identify as uh Aero Spike and Aero Spike is whenever you have romantic feelings or you feel like you have romantic feelings sometimes, but 
they like, it's just a passing thing. They spike and then they go away. They literally disappear. And I say this because there have been times where I have felt something for uh, people where it's like, More than I, I know them somewhat, so I have some of emotional connection with them, and we also may have sexual attraction. Sometimes not though. Um, but then there's this spark of something where it's kind of like I can't think. We're in our own little bubble. There's butterflies in my stomach, um, and I assume. That's what folks say romance is. But for me, it's like it's a it's a very rare occurrence and it spikes and then it goes away. And it's nice whenever it happens, but it doesn't always, you know, stay. It's like I have a burning fire. <laughs> I have a burning fire for folks that I have an emotional connection with. It is there. It is constant. And uh, every once in a while, it'll do that little pop cracking thing. For those of y'all who make fires, you may or have seen big fires, vampires and shit. You might know what I'm talking about, where it's like a crack. And then everything like pops up and flies into the air and there's a sound or whatever that happens. And you're like, whoa. And then it goes back to the regular burning warmth of the fire. And that's how I feel like I am. And I have had that for specific people in my life, both folks that I'm sexually attracted to and not sexually attracted to. And I love it. So, yeah. Um, that's me. That's me on the aromantic spectrum. Um, I actually first heard this term. Whoo, some years ago, I was on this, uh, nerdy discord. Um, it was a nerdy Facebook group that turned into a nerdy Facebook chat that turned to a nerdy Facebook discord. I can't remember. I think it was in the chat back when it was still a chat. And I met this dude and, um, you know, I don't know. It was propositioning about, you know, fucking and shit like that. And I was like, I can take you up on that proposition. I would fuck you or whatever. And I tried to make it happen, but it just didn't didn't happen with him. Uh, but anyway, he said that a reason that he it was hard for him to date is because he was aromantic and so didn't understand the feelings of romanticism. And a lot of folks that he dated were kind of like... They wanted him to do more than perform the actions. They wanted to know that he felt a certain type of way. He felt that butterflies, tingling, whatever, whatever. And he was like, and I just don't. But that doesn't mean that I don't love them. And so that was so interesting to me because I was like, bro, I feel you. My dude. That's how I be feeling. What? It's a team. This is a team. And so, yeah, that's why I started researching it. But anyways. As you can imagine, aromanticism ties in with the metanormativity because folks who are aromantic feel like, you know, why, why does this romantic relationship have to be the epitome of relationships, especially if I don't feel it? So I may never have one. So am I less than? Do I not get rights too? Um, yeah. This also ties into relationship anarchy. So, researching aromanticism and all of that made me realize that me stumbling upon relationship anarchy and being like, wow, this is me, part of that like ties into the aromanticism because I feel the way I feel because I do not have 
like these strong romantic feelings like other people. Relationship anarchy is basically um, the way I see it. You can look online and I will put in the show notes a little link to the Relationship Anarchy Manifesto and maybe a couple of other resources for Relationship Anarchy. But Relationship Anarchy for me is my relationships are all important. There is not one that has blanket hierarchy or priority over others that I love and respect my folks, that there is no entitlement there, that Every relationship is unique, individual, in its own thing. And so what that means is that I do not put friend, I do not put uh, romantic relationships, people that I'm fucking over platonic folks. Um, for me, everybody gets the same amount of care um, according to their needs. Because some folks need more care or want less care um and i try to meet folks where they're at and and give them what they need and what i personally can handle but um yeah 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 yeah. i'll sooner you know sooner live with platonic partners than romantic partners um shit like that yeah i think that a part of that is the fact that you know i'm a romantic and so my emotional connections with folks feel the same so why would I put somebody on a pedestal or give them more things or more care simply because I'm fucking them? That makes no sense to me. Um, and matter of fact, some of the folks that I'm fucking, I may actually have less emotional connection with and may want to, you know, spend less time with and all of that than folks that I am not. So a part of my relationship anarchy, I guess some people have says is political. Um, I don't really know about that. And I also don't know necessarily how to um, evoke change, I guess, politically. But I truly do believe that we should decouple a lot of things that automatically mean romantic relationship or give, you know, breaks to folks who are couples and shit like that. Um, small scale, this whole, I remember being invited to a wedding and they said that unless I was married or was a romantic partner, I could not bring a plus one. What? What? If you're allowing everybody to have plus one, boo-boo, then I get my plus one and it don't matter if I'm bringing my bestie or if I'm bringing my, my, my nigga. Like what? So anyways, that shit. Um, but also motherfucking taxes. Why do I have to be married to get a tax break? Why? What if I'm living with like the people I'm living with now? Why can't we get tax breaks? We live together. We share shit. What? That don't make no sense. Um, health insurance. Let me tell y'all something. If I'm paying for motherfucking health insurance through like, you know, the marketplace or through my motherfucking job, if I am paying for health insurance, it shouldn't matter who the fuck I want to put on there. It's my money and I'm paying for it. So like the fact that it's not my wife that's on, that I want to put on there, that it's somebody I'm not married to, that it's somebody that I didn't birth, that makes a difference. Y'all going to get the same money regardless. That makes no fucking sense to me. And it pisses me off because there are folks that I would really want to put on my health insurance and I can't because I'm not marrying them. I mean, I could. 
I could for solely for that reason. It's part of the reason I got married. So put out. Um shit. That shit pisses me off. So yeah, there are a lot of things, and there are a lot of things like that where I'm like, we should decouple this shit. Why is this even together? Like wills and stuff. Like, why is it that somebody can get married and then they have to do all of this extra work to see that, you know, other shit is take the certain stuff is taken care of by somebody that's not their spouse and even then it can still be overturned simply because you married this person and are still married to them you know if somebody's in the middle of a divorce and they die that spouse has all of this shit bruh that 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 shit irked me um yeah because even if I was to get married for whatever reasons, whatever practical reasons, I would have to have some really tight document. Like I have to hire a lawyer to do certain shit because there is certain shit that I don't want to share with certain folks and do with other folks because of the relationship I have with them, because of the that person's um, specific personality or capabilities and stuff. Because I'm all about giving folks like what they need according to their needs. Um, bro, homie, and I, I just thought about a thing with some, a a past polycule that I was in where there were some folks who, um, were more in need than others. When I say that, I mean, like there were some folks who were disabled and we not going about to get into disability rights because then I would just start fucking ranting again, but disability rights and marriage, but y'all, ooh, child, anyways, um, let me figure out where the fuck I was going. Oh, yeah. So there were some folks in the public who were, you know, um, disenfranchised or and, and, and disabled. And there were other folks who were rich. I'm just going to say it. They was rich. They had very, 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 very good jobs. They got lots of money. They had lots of shit in their savings. And yet, and yet, whenever they were talking about future planning, they were like, things must be equal. And to me, that's shitty. Because things aren't equal right now. I think that things need to be equitable, which means everybody's given according to their need. You don't need certain shit from a specific partner. If your shit is together, if you are able, able-bodied, can still work, have a great retirement, um, have great savings enjoy doing the job so you can continue to build those things up and this other person literally can't and you're like we should have we should half and half our part our partner shit um if something happens to him because that's just equal you're a bitch you're a bitch period um and you know what many people may listen to this podcast and you may think i'm talking about you from you know exes and stuff like that guess what i probably am and i said what i said with my whole damn chest period all right um so yeah that's how i feel that's how i feel about a normativity. that's how i feel about um relationship anarchy and this is how i feel about romance is that it's confusing um However, I would do romantic things. Um, my partners have told me that I'm very romantic. As a matter of fact, my girlfriend just posted some, um, actually, or reply, not posted. Somebody posted a thing, one of our friends, 
about how she thought she was romantic and she just started dating her dude. My girlfriend was like, yeah, that's how I felt with this bitch talking about me. Um, this is me paraphrasing y'all. Um, basically that like she thought she was a little romantic baby or didn't really know how romantic she was until me. And the thing about it is this, the things that people say are romantic. I be looking at it and I'm like, is it? Cause like to me, it's just showing care. And my mama did this growing up. I wanted to have her on this podcast, but she busy and I need to put this out. Um, and I ain't got time to wait on them. I, you know, she from the South, she black, she on her own time. And her own time is not conducive to putting out a podcast episode on the schedule. So she'll probably be in the bonus episodes on my Patreon. Anyways, so my mama was the type of person where when she found out what you liked, that's what she did for you. So she knew that somebody liked flowers. It didn't matter if they were a romantic partner, a platonic partner, or family. She found out you liked flowers for occasion. She would find your favorite flower. She'd get you that. She find out that you liked tea. She make her own blend. This is where I get it from. You know, make a purchase and give you a care package. She get you chocolates, whatever. And to me, like I always saw that, and she was just like creative. It was creative care. What do you like? How can I make it creative and specific to you? And then I'm going to give you that to show you that I love you randomly, or when you're struggling. Or on special occasions and knowing what occasions are special to you is important. And so for me, I'm just like, how do I show care? And then I do that. And um, a lot of times that looks romantic. And so maybe that's that, that's what I mean when I say maybe I'm just romantic with my friends. Because me and, you know, one of my platonic partners, we we hold hands. You know, we be cuddling. Um and more than one of them. But regardless, we all hands would be cuddling. They buy me flowers. They stay by me. My favorite flowers, sunflowers. I remember when we lived together and they used to keep me supplied with sunflowers. And that was just so sweet. They would just walk up to me and they'll have a bouquet. And I'm like, I'm going to cry, bitch. Um, yeah. Yeah. I buy them shit. You know, like, I just, I just believe it's care. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I just believe in doing, in doing shit people and is that romantic maybe and if that is that's fine you know I love the aesthetics of romance I am not romance repressed okay I like um the aesthetics of romance and love shit and valentine's day I love kissing I want to be a kiss I love um I do like making out I'll make out with friends and not think about anything I wouldn't think about fucking I'm like this is this is great making out with friends um you know I do stuff for my partners all the time. My my girlfriend likes to eat. I love feeding her ass. I like making it cute. Daddy loves to be served. So I buy I, I bring his ass tea without him even asking. Clear a little space on his desk, make a little tea ceremony. Oh yeah. The bitch loved that shit. My um boyfriend, he likes like little tiny things, little tiny shows of affection. If I see something that oh look, it looks like he needs that, I'll get it for him. Oh, this thing isn't done. Let me fix that real quick. And then it's just like the way that his eyes light up. Um, my anxiety loves motherfucking chocolate. I get that bitch chocolate every chance that I get. What you feeling bad? Here goes some chocolate. I just thought about you. Here goes some chocolate tea. I love you. Like, just show people that you love them. You know, I don't know. And if that's romantic, that's romantic. I feel like we should romanticize everything. God damn it. Make everything lovely, soft, flowery. You know what I'm saying? 
have a picnic, an indoor picnic. Get somebody some butterfly kisses. Stroke their arm. Tell them that you love them. Take friends to plays. Y'all dress up real cute. Have matching outfits and shit. Just be sick, sickly sweet. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's love on each other. And and if folks trying to try to say, is y'all, is y'all fucking or is y'all dating? Just mind your business, y'all. Mind your motherfucking business. All right? Okay. I was also supposed to talk about creating your designer relationships. Although, I think that this is pretty long already. Let me look. Yeah. So, this episode is pretty long already. I think I would do another episode about creating your designer relationships. Also, I'm just, you know, motherfucking tired. Um, I think part of that is, um, you know, knowing what you want. Knowing what's out there. So, I will have another episode that's about the Relationship Anarchy Smorgasbord. Because I think that's a great, great motherfucking way to look at you know different aspects of relationships and create your own designer relationships and also the book um designer relationships so that's going to be down the line because um that would be fitting too much in here and this episode was kind of a you know look into uh a romanticism a metanormativity and and relationship anarchy did i say that already whatever this episode was a look into these three things that kind of make up my romantic relationships and to give you something to think about like it's I think that you know being romantic and saying that your romantic relationships is a priority is okay that's fine tell folks that let them know but also think about well how do you want your friendships to be do you like do you want romantic friendships because I do think that you could be romantic with you know folks that you're not fucking with platonic stuff um, think about the simple rights that you have as a married person or a coupled person with coupled privilege because it is a thing and I will definitely talk about that later um, and really just examine these things examine what is romance to you do you have romantic feelings or is it just the emotional connection um, do you think that romance is actions and what are those specific actions like if somebody didn't feel romance for you, but they did the romantic things, would you feel fulfilled? Questions to ask yourself. And I would really, really like to know the answers to those questions. And you can give me the answers to your questions on my Twitter. I will post a thing about this episode on my Twitter. You can find me at Lil Wild Minks and you can comment on my Twitter. You can... uh Subscribe to my Patreon and on this episode's, you know, little tingy ting um, on my Patreon, you can definitely talk about it there or in my Facebook group, which anybody can join, Sunny D Pod. Um, I am in the process of putting uh, threads for each episode where people can comment their thoughts and answer some motherfucking questions. So feel free. Think about, you know, share it with me. We'd love to see it. Um, and that's that on that. Sunny D is produced, edited, mixed, all that shit by me, D-Ray. Full transcript of this episode is available on this episode's page at sunnydpod.com. Theme song by Cowpen Creations. You can find us on Patreon 
by searching Sunny D Pod or patreon.com slash Sunny D Pod. You can join our group on Facebook, Sunny D Pod, and you can find that through our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Sunny D Mix. You can find us on Instagram at Sunny D Pod, on TikTok at Sunny D Mix, or my ratchet ass Twitter, Lil Wild Mix. That's it. Stay foxy, y'all.